Hello, my friends. How are you? This is Ashley with Daily Encouragement. It is Tuesday, so that means we are going to be talking about bonding today. And I'm going to do my best to piggyback off of what we were chatting about yesterday in the podcast, which was maturity and our ability to go from living under the law to living in the heart of God. We talked about how to get to that place yesterday as far as, you know, um, living, knowing and living in God's heart and your ability to acknowledge why you can't do that at times, right? Why you don't always follow God's laws and your ability to acknowledge that within yourself, receive God's grace and mature and grow out of those things. And then how that transforms your life and gives the ability to bear with others and help them get out of that situation. Um, So I'm going to do my best to try to tie that in with bonding today and kind of that whole process. And so bonding, what is bonding? It's an emotional attachment that we form with another human being, right? We form emotional attachment with another person. We form an emotional attachment with God. And so as we form these emotional attachments, they give us the ability to be ourselves, to, you know, be real, to show up in life, to, to live with our whole hearts. Okay. Now, if we're not living with our whole heart and we're not showing up and allowing ourselves to be seen, in front of God and other people, especially the people that you're supposed to be close to, then that can be an indicator that you've failed to bond in the process. You've failed to form an emotional connection with a person. So let's talk about really quick why somebody would not want to bond or not really not why they don't want to bond. I think everybody has a desire to bond, but why can it be so seductive to kind of not go there, right? So this is what I was thinking about this morning, you guys. And I'm going to read my notes off the page a little bit. It's kind of guiding my thoughts. So following laws, right, as we talked about yesterday, it can give you a sense of doing right. And it can be a form of uh, anesthesia, you might call it. You know, the thing that they use to numb you, right? To numb you to the pain of being being aware of what's going on inside of yourself, Okay. It can give you a sense of being good and you can appear to be good to other people. When you simply do what God says without acknowledging the parts you want to conceal, right? The inner man that lacks, you can be what Jesus mentioned, a whitewashed tomb. You appear to be alive, but dead on the inside. White because your actions, dead because you conceal and deny the fall in your own life. But maybe this is what, this is where your relational dynamics come in. And when you were growing up, the only time that someone acknowledged you is when the good came out. How did people treat you? How did your mom and your dad treat you when you didn't do what they wanted you to do? When you didn't get the perfect grades, when you, you know, disappointed them in any type of way, right? When you're when your fall, when the fall was operating in your life, right? How did the people who created you treat you? I want you guys to think about that today because any relational issues you have with people right now and your failure to bond with people is all going to stem from your relational upbringing and how your parents were there for you or not there for you and how that's impacting you now as an adult, you guys. It's This is real stuff, you guys. It really is. And For me, when I started figuring this out, 
it sort of began to set me free in a weird way because I wasn't sitting there pointing the finger at anybody or it, 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 it wasn't like, okay, you know, you're the problem or whatever. It was like, wait a second. This is just something that I didn't have when I was growing up and I can get this need met now as an adult. Right. So if I'm, you know, struggling to bond or whatever, it's like, wait a second. What was it like when I was growing up? And I shared with my childhood with you guys many, many times, you know, and it was pretty emotionally unstable. And, you know, there was a lot of abuse and things that happened. And so because of those things, not all my needs were met. So therefore, I went to sort of a survival mode and didn't really trust the outside world to get my needs met because there wasn't a lot of evidence that they would. I became pretty self-reliant when I was young. And so if you struggle with that even now, you, if you just kind of go back in your mind a little bit, like, wait a second, what, what environment did I grow up in? What shaped me? You guys, the experiences we have in life that we go through, those shape our personalities in the sense of you go through an experience and then you attach a meaning to it. You say, well, th I, this happens, so this is what this means, right? The story that you play in your head. But the cool thing is, is when we have Christ in us, Christ gives us the ability to reconceptualize that story, to look at it from a different perspective. So that way we're not stuck in the bondage of it, but we can we can begin to heal in that area. We can look at it from a different angle and then we can move forward and make progress, you guys. So think about that. How did other people treat you, you know, when they found out your lack, when you were growing up? I want you to think about that today. The people that you do life with right now, you guys, the people you fellowship with, especially the people you fellowship with, y'all, come on, let's let's talk about that. The people that also have the grace of God in their life, that claim they have the Holy Spirit. How do you guys relate to each other and talk to each other? You know, is what's what's the environment like? Um, do you guys confess your sins to each other? Right? Is there is there an ability to be able to do that and be real with each other, right, in that way and share your whole self with the person? Or is it like, okay, well, we know that we're all sinners and we're aware we're all sinners, but we don't relate to each other in that way of confessing our sins to each other. We just try to do what God tells us to do because we know that we're aware. So do you get what I mean? That's different, you guys. That's different than, you know, uh, being in a relationship with somebody and, you know, being vulnerable with them. We can all know that we fall short. Like we can have that knowledge, but taking that knowledge and actually living it out in your life and doing something with it and, and integrating it into your relationships is a completely different thing. So think about that. What is your culture like right now? Okay. Are we aware that we're imperfect, but not, but it's not revealed. Okay. We may say I'm not perfect, but no one knows in which areas, right? No one knows where you struggle. No one knows where you cry and, and stress and get anxious and depressed and fearful. Right. The only person who knows that is God. <laughs> right. But, you know, your fellow man doesn't know that the one who can actually give you the true empathy that you need. You know, Christ empathized with us emotionally. But there's a reason, you guys, why God gave Adam another human relationship. There's something about that to where it's like, oh, wait a minute. We're both in the fall together. We can both relate to each other. I'm not alone in my failure and in my lack. Right? We need to know that. That's why Jesus Christ came in the flesh, because we need to know that there's another relationship out there that can relate to us in our negative emotions and that stress that we feel. Like I said, the anxiety, the shame, you know, on all those things. We can be like, okay, I'm not alone. And that'll give us the courage to continue to move forward. But I want you to think about that. So 
as I said earlier, bonding is just this emotional connection between two people and it involves the whole self. If we are to bond with someone, we must become vulnerable and create a culture of confession. Confess means to agree with, right? So if we want to have these emotional bonds with each other and be able to connect with each other, we've got to be able to put this stuff into practice, especially in the church, you guys. This is so needed. As I shared with you guys before, the church I was a part of for almost 10 years, after everything went massively south, um, probably two weeks after my husband and I decided that we weren't going to go back. And I'll tell you guys the story about that sometime. Um, I don't want to get too far off base, but the pastor and his wife, who'd been together for like 23 years, you guys, they end up divorcing. So that, the whole family got completely devastated, okay? Um, and you know what the sad thing is about the, that whole thing? Is nobody knew, okay? Nobody knew that the pastor was struggling. I mean, we had an idea he was struggling, but he was the kind of guy that just kind of played it off. Like, oh, this is God's will. You, you ever meet those Christians out there who uh, they're struggling and they say, oh, it's God's will. So they try to just kind of bear through it and try to, you know, uh, accept it instead of just falling apart, saying, this is hard, you know? And um, I don't know, it, it's sort of, with that attitude, now that I think about it, you guys, it's sort of separated us from him in that way, right? Because not everybody handles painful situations the same way and says, oh, this is God's will. Some people really fall apart underneath of that and we need to be around those people as well. Right? Like, this is hard. I, I can't do this anymore, Lord. I don't like this situation. It sucks. Right? And so, but he, around him, you always kind of got the sense of, oh, this is just the way it is. Suck it up. Get over it kind of thing. And so when you were struggling emotionally and really just kind of falling apart in your own life, you didn't really feel like you could do that in the church because the standard was, oh, this is just God's will. Get over it. Right? And these are your spiritual leaders. You're looking up to them. You're thinking, okay, this is how you're supposed to handle it. So you adopt the attitude that they have because they're your spiritual parents for a time, right? I mean, eventually we grow up, but it's true. We, the environment we are in spiritually, they become our spiritual parents and we do what they do and we think what they think and we follow them, right? And so those were the attitudes of my spiritual parents was just kind of, this is just the way it is. Christ suffered, so you're going to suffer. So suck it up and get over it. But not, like I said, not everybody responds that way. And I think we got to be able to hold space for people that, you know, hey, I'm feeling my humanity today. I'm struggling. I'm having a rough day, right? God, this sucks. I don't want to deal with this anymore. For someone to say, yeah, you know what? I feel that too. I completely relate to that. There was none of that going on. And I know that because um, the way that things just fell apart the way they did. There was nobody, you know, I, I even think, I don't know, I, I guess they could probably look back at it now and say, oh, well, that was God's will. It is not God's will that um, churches dissolve and fall apart and marriages fall apart. It's God's will that we learn to heal and restore those things. That's why Christ came, is to restore and to give us life. We would have it abundantly, right? We would have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, self-control in our relationships with each other, that we can confront the things that are hurting love. Right? Why? Why didn't he feel like he could reach out to anybody when he was struggling and say, "Hey, I'm I, I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling with my wife." You know, uh, you guys. They were living in a freaking travel trailer at the time too. I've, I've shared with you guys. Me and my husband did last Sunday on Soul Food Sunday that we lived in a travel trailer for 18 months with our four kids at the time, living on 
God, I don't even know how much money at the time. I think when we first started our roofing, our roofing business, we don't have the business anymore, but I think it was back in 2009, the first year we had the business. It was, we were living off of $10,000, you guys. $10,000 for a year is an ain't crap, especially when you got three kids to support. Now we have seven, right? Of course, we're making more money than that, but I'm making the point of, you know, we struggled like that. The pastor was struggling. Um, you guys, and there's a whole huge story behind all of that. But the point is, is he was struggling and he didn't allow himself to get the, the comfort and get his needs met in that way. He just sort of sucked it up. And I wonder, you know, I wonder if him and his wife, you know, had done that with each other, right? We're just going to suck it up. We're not going to deal with it. We're not going to confront these hard things. We're not going to figure out, you know, why we're feeling this way or why we're going through this. We're just going to assume that it's God's will, right? That we just suffer and go through this, right? That, that God doesn't have any intention of restoring this in any way that you know his will is for us to suffer and so anyway you guys no wonder you know how, how are people going to bond in that kind of environment do you get what i mean so check your environment how do people respond to lack and need and suffering and all those kinds of vulnerable things how does the people that you call on christ with treat you and how did the people that you were birthed into, so to speak, whoever raised you, how did they treat you in your lack, right? And, you know, think about that. Let's go back to the garden. How did God treat Adam and his lack? Okay. Yeah. He experienced the full consequences for what he did, right? God didn't just let him stay in the garden and completely condemn himself, eat from the tree while he'd eaten from the knowledge of good and evil, and then eat from the tree of life and be stuck in that state of death for the rest of his life, right? Forever and eternity. God is so good that he's like, no, we're going to put limits on this evil. Right. And so he kicked him out like this is the consequence of it. Right. But he still he still drew Adam out. He still confronted Adam. He didn't leave Adam alone naked in his shame. Did Adam go looking for God? Do you look for God in your shame sometimes? Like the shame that says, you know what? I'm worthless. Nobody's going to love me if they find out if they find out this thing about me. You know, are you, are you always reaching out to people? It's like, no, you guys, come on. We're human. We isolate. Right. We hide. We, we want to we don't want anybody to see that part of ourselves. God knows that about us. That's exactly why I think God had to approach Adam and say, where did you go? And redeem him out of his shame and say, Adam, where did you go? You know, when someone isn't ain't fellowship is not fellowshipping with you, right? You're like, you can feel it. You walk into a room or even in your close relationships, sometimes you can sense, wow, we're not as close as we were. Oh, there's something off here, right? I think we get, I think we got that from the Lord in that way of being able to know when our relationships aren't as intimate as we know, as we knew them to always be right. And so in those, kind of symptoms that we can see because we're, you know, those are supposed to be signals for us to kind of come towards each other. Like, wait a second, what's going on here? But if you were in an environment where those symptoms are coming up, where you're noticing that there's a distance, a lot of people run from that, right? They don't know how to handle that, that feeling of the lack and how do we fix this? And why are we as close as we were? They're not equipped for that, right? But God showed us in the example of, Hey, where'd you go? What were you thinking? What was going on? Confronted his thinking. So that way Adam doesn't continually do that to himself, you guys. So we got to learn how to do this. And I feel like I'm getting off track. Let me let me jump back on my notes here, you guys. So bonding is that emotional connection that we have with other people. And so um, we can agree and acknowledge it to God and others in our lack, right? That's what we're supposed to be able to do, right? Oh, that's what it was, the culture of confession. We need to be able to establish that in our fellowship with other people, our fellowship in our home, right? Our children should be able to confess their sins to us without fear of being condemned or being shamed of, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to love, I'm not going to love you. I'm going to withdraw from you. Do pe did people withdraw from you 
when you were growing up, um, if you didn't get, like I said, you didn't get the good grades, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Was there any type of pull away from you when you weren't in the state that they desired you to be in, right? When you were in your imperfect state, well, you're not the perfect child anymore. And therefore, uh, I can't love you because sometimes parents will attach their identity to their children in a way of, if my kid screws up, I must be a failure. And so that's why they can sometimes be so harsh with their kids is, oh my gosh, you failed. That means I failed. And so they try to crank down on the, you know, uh, uh, on the bear, on the parameters or the, the barriers or whatever, you know, they try to just, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to hone you in kid. And it's like, oh my gosh, that is so destructive. But I digress. So creating the culture of confession with each other. Okay. And realizing that only after we have acknowledged our lack with God in each other can we begin the restoration process that bonding can facilitate you guys we have to be able to integrate our whole selves as people into relationships with the ones that we want to bond with and have an emotional connection with right god didn't pull away from us even when adam sinned right god brought him back you know what i'm saying He didn't pull away from him. Adam pulled away from God. God never pulls away from us, you guys. God will pursue you. He will pursue me. He will pursue you. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, okay? So he will always go looking for you. You have to remember that about him. However, because we are human and God has designed this system for humans to reproduce and raise children, we let our experiences that we have dictate are what what things mean and how people relate to us and how even God relates to us. So you can have this knowledge of God pursuing you. However, you can feel like that's not true because of the experiences you had as a child. So let's break it down. What's the problem then? Is it that God isn't true or is it your experience and the meaning you've attached isn't true? Now it's true in the sense that it happened to you, but that doesn't mean it's God's will. It wasn't God's will that your parents didn't take care of you and they abandoned you and they didn't take full responsibility for you and they didn't do what God had designed them to do, right? They have their own lack and they had their family and origin of family members that passed down to them the very thing that they didn't have that they didn't give to you, right? We all lack and we pass it down. And so now we have the ability to acknowledge the lack. God restores, he supplies what we lack and he heals right through that process so but we can't bond with someone if we don't acknowledge the whole picture okay so really quick you guys i want to talk to you about something that our parents are responsible for that really kind of helps me understand times in my life where it looked like god wasn't present but how this really has sort of the human side of it okay so follow me really quick so it's called emotional object constancy Okay, this is, I guess this is established by age two. This is kind of a new psychology concept I learned. Um, it's pretty interesting, you guys. So basically that means that when you're born, when you come out of your mother's womb, you come into the world, you're kind of freaking out, right? All your security is all of a sudden just like gone. You don't, you don't know what's happening. But as your mother loves you and responds to your needs and is there for you, you begin to internalize and you're like, wow. Okay, you know what? The world ain't so stinking scary. I was terrified when I came out, but there's someone else outside of me that loves me and that's going to be there for me, right? Because I guess when babies are born, they literally think that they are still attached to their mother. Like there's no distinction of baby and them. They are one with their mother in that way. And think about it. They 
the baby was formed inside the mother. So they're going to have this connection with them that, hey, I'm you and you are me. We are one in that way. So, you know, for the first few months of life, they don't see themselves as a, as a separate individual, right? They see their mother as a part of them. And so, but mothers are aware that they are separate from their children, right? And so this is where it's really important for the mom to respond to the child's needs and to be there for the baby, right? And so as the mother does that, then this baby internalizes that the outside world is a safe place. I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to die. My needs are going to be met, okay? That they will, uh, the parents are attentive, available, and nurturing, okay? So if that happens, if those characteristics are present, the baby knows that it's going to be okay, that people will come and help, that their needs will be met, okay? But what happens when that doesn't happen? If your parents weren't attentive, available, or nurturing, okay? If they completely just drop the ball on their responsibilities as parents, okay? Especially when you were really, really young. It says that you're gonna have, you are going to lack the ability to tolerate any kind of uncertainty. Uh, let me see here, any disappointment or, um, I can't remember my hand, any type of ups and downs in relationship. You are going to struggle with that. And so as you guys internalize, as we internalize the love that we get, as a child internalizes the love that their mother has, the mom is there, she's meeting all their needs, you know, this or that. And you guys, we know do it perfectly because we're humans too and we can only handle so much at a time, but we do our best, right? So we're all gonna be injured to a degree in this way. However, your ability to um, know that someone is going to love you, even if there's a disconnect in the relationship or if they're physically not present, will all be kind of determined on the overall ability that your parents met your needs when you were little, okay? So when you internalize the love of your parents and your needs are met, you develop this, this emotional object constancy, okay? So it's this thing of, I know that I'm loved even when you are not physically present, when mom leaves the room, I still know I'm loved because I have all these memories of her showing up for me. So when she's physically not present, I know that I'm still loved, okay? Or if you're in conflict with somebody that you love, you know, and you have this storehouse of, I know that I'm still loved and things are gonna work out, right? In that relationship. And so we take this, think about it, you guys, it's pretty cool. We take this experience that we have and it really kind of like, um, it can, we can see in our relationship with the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but when I became a brand new Christian, it was, as a, it was as if God was showing up all the time and he still does you guys. But what I mean is when you're a young Christian, I mean, he like, he's always answering prayer and God always does this, but you guys just hear me out. Okay. I'm talking about like maturity thing. Okay. Kind of like this progression. Oh my gosh. God's showing up. Everything you pray about, boom, 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 boom. You internalize those things right? You are seeking the Lord. Your needs are getting met. You're growing and developing. And then as time goes on, maybe you pray about something and the answer ain't coming as quick as it used to. Hopefully you've internalized your experiences enough with the Lord to know that he's going to be there with you, even when it appears he's not, right? Think about all the miracles and things that Jesus did for his disciples and all the people. They were internal. Hopefully they were supposed to be internalizing those things. The only thing about us being adults is because those things that we've been through, we can be like, I don't know about that, Lord, right? But 
we're supposed to be able to say, okay, God, you know what? I'm going to take you into my whole heart, everything that you're doing in my life. I'm going to internalize that. So when it looks like you're not showing up in my life, Lord, I got all these memories. I got all this storehouse of you being faithful and working in my life. That is what's supposed to be happening, you guys. This is why, um, this is why the, the, it's so important for parents to be able to meet their needs of their children. So when it looks like they're not there, they know from experience and from all these things going on before that now mom will be back. She loves me. And so I, I'm like, why did I bring all this up? Because we're talking about bonding, right? Your, your ability to establish emotional connection. But it happens. The foundation is when you're young and when you're a baby and how your needs were met or not met and then how that's impacting you right now as an adult. And so, and if we want to be able to bond with other people, we have to also be able to show our whole selves. Again, that's tied to how your parents treated your lack and treated you when you were growing up. How did they deal with it? How did they receive that, right? And you know, how we need to be able to do this for each other in the body of Christ. We need to be able to confess our sins to each other. We need to be able to present our whole selves to people and know that there's going to be people that are there that say, yeah, you know what? I've been there too. You know, and check this out. I've been there and this is how God led me through that situation, right? You empathize with somebody. Yeah, I've been there. And this is the grace that God put into my life. This is the way I used to think about it, right? I remember being in that outcome. I remember beating my head against the wall. I remember feeling that fear and that shame and um, thinking that way, you know, or you know, let's think of practical examples, right? I remember when I used to blow my money and I was really irresponsible and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then, you know, as I acknowledged that before God and, and somebody else, resources started coming into my life and God, you know, provided these, uh, you know, Dave, Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University or whatever you guys actually did go through that course was pretty good, but, uh, you know, provided tools for me parenting you guys oh my gosh I felt like such a failure as a parent when my oldest was like five years old I didn't know what the heck I was doing you guys I was still a child when I had him and so I was struggling so bad and you know I remember talking to God Lord I need some help I I need a parenting class I need something God I want to feel like I can raise up my children and he provided that and then he provided another relationship in the church that had some resources. And that person was like, hey, Ashley, it's okay. Let's do, let's do this class together, right? And so I didn't feel like, oh, well, I have to go through a parenting class, so I must be bad. Sorry, you guys, we have a driveway alarm and that alarm's going off right now. So if you hear that in the background, that's what that is. But anyway, um, being around people like, wow, okay, you understand it and so we but we can learn and grow together you guys that's the kind of culture we need to be able to bond with people and help them grow and mature into the people they need to be but we have to kind of go back and look at our history what did we learn in bonding growing up how did that impact us what did we get or not get and then ask god to provide for us what we cannot provide for ourselves right there's things that you lack in your life right now that you cannot do apart from god's grace you have to just acknowledge it and say lord I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling in my finances. I'm struggling with my health. I'm struggling in my relationships. Um, Lord, help me to, you know, get healed in this area and provide relationships for me of people that have been there and then also have the grace to give me so I can move forward and make progress in my life. That is that you guys, that is what the Lord wants. That is what he has for us, you guys. And we can all supply that to each other because all of us have different experiences. We have different levels of grace in our life. We have different perspectives. We can really, really equip each other if we learn how to bond with one another. But we have to be able to look 
where we lack in our bonding first. What are we missing? What did we get? What did we not get? What do we need individually first within ourselves? Take full responsibility for yourself, right? And then you can give to other people the way that the Lord wants us to, right? He will supply that through relationship. So anyway, you guys, I hope it makes sense. I know this was kind of a long episode, but um, it's something I'm really passionate about. And um, just the whole idea of emotional object constancy, that was kind of like mind blowing for me because I saw the parallels in it, even our relationship with God. And I was like, wow, this stuff is so good. I want to share this with people. So I hope it makes sense, you guys. Thank you for all your support on here. I hope you guys have an awesome, awesome rest of the day. Find me on social media. What is it? Daily Encouragement with Ashley Campbell on Facebook. I do a live video on there on Fridays. And then Soul Food Sunday on YouTube with my, my husband, Scott, and I. We share with you guys. He shares with you guys what he was telling us. And then, you know, of course, um, we kind of just discuss that together with you guys and, and have a conversation. We're just trying to share with you guys things that God is using in our life to change our life in hopes of inspiring you guys. So anyway, I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Have an awesome rest of the day and I will see you guys next time.